On this week's show, Jeep faces an $11 million lawsuit for an older recall that caused the death of a Northwest man. And there's rumors abound of a 6x6 Jeep. We play some Amazon You Bought What? And Ben drops by from the Off-Road Podcast Firearms Radio Network as our special guest for the week. Hemi preps for an upcoming salt storm. Radio Comtech is back with all you need to know about dummy loads. We'll get to your reviews of the show, and it wouldn't be the same without a visit from Nikki G. It's all coming up on episode 246 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. A recall from the past, a death, and now a lawsuit. We know that Jeep has been at the center of some pretty high-profile cases involving its recalls. We all love Jeep, but sometimes factory defects, poor engineering, or a mishap in the design or production forces manufacturing to recall parts, systems, or even entire vehicles to fix the issues. Some such cases, as the Star Trek movie star Anton Yelchin, are about as high profile as they get, but just as tragic. Yet not in the headlines for nearly as long is the death of a Northwest man by a different Jeep recall. The Portland, Oregon mother of a man who died when his Jeep Patriot stalled on Interstate 84 in Idaho has filed an $11 million lawsuit against Chrysler and the dealership that sold him the SUV. Beth Richmond's lawsuit claims the 2012 Patriot her son bought was defective. A faulty tube in the fuel system prevented fuel from feeding the engine, forcing 32-year-old Jason Richmond to pull to the side of the freeway. He was struck and killed by an 18-wheeler semi-truck on August 31, 2013, nearly one year after he bought the SUV. According to the lawsuit last week in Multnomah County Circuit Court, a FCC spokesman declined to comment about the specifics of the lawsuit but said, quote, the company's vehicles meet or exceed all applicable federal safety standards and have excellent safety records. Richmond bought the Jeep at the Jake Sweeney Chrysler Jeep Dodge in September 2012, according to the suit. The Ohio dealership didn't return a call seeking comment. In April 2013, Chrysler issued a recall of some 2012 Patriots because of the potential for the SUVs to stall because of the fuel transfer problem. The company was going to start contacting owners, according to the website cars.com. It's unclear whether Richmond Richmond received notice. More than four months after the recall announcement, his Jeep stalled because of the fuel transfer problem and forced Richmond to stop on the side of I-84 near Glens Ferry, about 75 miles southeast of Boise, Idaho. According to police, he was standing on the driver's side door of his Jeep and working with a tow truck driver when the semi-truck struck him. Richmond died at the scene. The lawsuit doesn't list semi-driver Voldemir Boyko, 57 of Portland, as a defendant, but it's unclear why. The the suit seeks $1 million for Jason's pain and suffering immediately before his death, $5 million for punicary losses, and $5 million for loss of social companionship and services. According to his obituary, Jason Richmond was born in Portland, Oregon, and attended Centennial District High District School and Mount Hood Community College. He has been most recently living and working in Utah. On behalf of all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show, our deepest sympathies go out to the Richmond family for their loss. Got six? This company does. A Chinese company by the name of Jeep Patton has unveiled a 6x6 variant of the Jeep Wrangler, which dubs the Tomahawk. Showcased at the Chengdu Auto Show, the car takes stand, a standard Wrangler and adds an extra axle at the rear to make it rem- reminiscent of the Mercedes-Benz G63 AMG 6x6. In order to create the Tomahawk, 
G. Patton cut the Jeep behind the C-pillar, then added an enclosed pickup truck bed. It also went about outfitting the Pentastar 3.6-liter V6 engine with a supercharger and custom exhaust. Even though there hasn't been any performance figures released yet, the added grunt should help offset the weight, making the 6x Jeep very fun to drive. Much of the vehicle's exterior styling remains unchanged from the Wrangler, with the exception of the best, the best, oh, best spoke front fascia <laughs> and grill. Right? Did I say that right? I don't know. Stick with it, though. <laughs> oh my God! And so, some tweaks to the rear to blend in the pickup bed. A set of 17-inch alloy wheels wrapped with 35-inch Mickey Thompson MTs. And if those six aren't enough to get out of trouble. It's got a remote-controlled, worn Xeon 10S winch. The interior is also standard Jeep with initial display model bathed in orange surfaces and a lot of leather. If, and that's a big if, the Jeep Patent Tomahawk does make its way into production, it will be sold exclusively in China. And I'm sure at that price tag of, if you have to ask... <laughs> If you'd like to get a closer look at the beast, we'll post up a link to the nicely done HQ slideshow on YouTube in the show notes of this episode. That'll take you inside and out. Hey, big thanks to all of you who helped contribute it by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. If you've got something you think you want to share or us to report on or response to our stories, make sure you let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, I certainly hated hearing about that loss of life. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's so really sad. sad. You know, I wonder if they're not suing uh, the uh, the driver of the the truck because uh, perhaps the the young man was in the roadway, and the problem was he wouldn't have been in the roadway if uh, the jeep hadn't uh, uh, stalled or died on him because of the fuel flow issue. So right. I'm thinking that you know that's the way they're looking at it, and I'm sure <laughs> they're looking at Jeep having more dollars than the uh, the 18 wheeler uh, driver. Right. Right. So, yeah, anytime you guys see uh, somebody broken down on the side of the road, give them, uh, give them just the, the benefit of the doubt, uh, no matter how stupid they, not, not saying that this person was, but we all, you know, we all do this when we see people broken down. Like, well, how stupid can you be, be that close to the road and, you know, blah, blah, blah. just don't hit them. <laughs> give them right. a wide berth, slow down, let them uh, keep being stupid, but alive. Because uh, believe me, you do not want to be uh an individual that uh, has ended somebody's life, especially just because they were broken down on the side of the road. All right. Well, anyway, what do you think about that six by six, Tammy? You uh, thinking about buying one? I don't know. That seems like a little too much. That'd be a road trip, wouldn't I, it? You'd yeah. have to have it shipped uh, back on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. The I think the JKUs are long enough the way they are. I don't think right. they need another. Uh, what would they be another three or four feet longer? That would really make it easy getting around that. Uh, Where's that place that that you A-O-A-A. always? A O A A. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to say it because uh, I know yeah. you've practiced it. <laughs> yes, A O A. You would have no chances getting around the trees. Oh, in that there's thing. no way. Yeah. No so, way. all right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and move this along. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, Talk Show. the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. Uh, I think you'll have a, a lot of good programming to listen to there. Hey, uh, let me introduce uh, Ben, and let me just get his... Uh, to get who's his ben? camera up. You don't know who Ben is? No, who's Ben? We, we were talking to him before the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think reading that uh, this week in Jeep uh, has uh, stunted your yeah, attention oh, span. Phew, that was too much. Yeah, it's a rough. That's a rough thing. You know, I, I like being able to say I've got to work the pictures, so you you have to read it because right. I don't do any better. So don't feel bad and uh, publicly happy to tell everybody. It's it's a difficult thing to do, and that's why we're always glad that uh, Josh works through it. And even Josh stumbles from time to time, and he wrote it. Anyway, let me get back to our, to our guest host, Ben. Thank you much for being here. Uh, ben is the host of the Off Road Podcast, which is a, a member of the Firearms Radio Network. Uh, Josh was recently uh, a a guest on their show, and uh, Ben will tell us more about that here in, in a couple of minutes. 
But uh, Ben is a Jeep enthusiast, uh, current owner of a 1991 Jeep Cherokee, and that's the good one, not not the new one, not the 2014, 2015. Uh, And uh, he says it came with a light bar, open diffs uh, at stock height. Uh, you know, I, I think that sh- there's a law against that, Ben. You can't have a uh, a light bar and not have lifted the vehicle first. I didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying you could have corrected them so they didn't make that same mistake. But anyway, uh, Ben's also working on a 1998 Volkswagen Beetle uh, to uh, turn into an off-road rig for the Gambler 500. Uh, and he chastised me for not knowing what ga- the Gambler 500 was. I said, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't keep up with the racing stuff. I don't follow football or the uh, the off-road racing. I think it's fun to watch. I just don't uh, keep up with it. Uh, I'm just surprised you didn't catch it when it went viral on Facebook uh, a couple months ago. I didn't see anything about oh, it. Oh, wow. I missed that, too. Mm-hmm. I guess it's uh, who, we, uh, who we're following or something. So uh, we'll talk more about this, but I just want to put this out there. Uh, ben says he may have owned a 2008 two-door Wrangler that he traded for a minivan. And, and I'm sorry, what? I, I got to give you this. Uh-oh. That's just, uh, that's a, that's no bueno. The, the only time you can do that is if there's a, 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 a baby involved. And you have well, to have. there was two babies in the car seats yeah. uh, didn't fit back there side by side very well. There you go. So yep. that's what got rid of my 1983 uh, full-size Chevy pickup with uh, 36 and a half inch tires and a four inch lift. So I, uh, I certainly understand. Uh, it was a sad day when that left. But we'll, like I said, we'll get um, back to more of that in a second. Uh, anything you want to add there, Ben? Um, not really that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, let's, let's talk about the Gambler 500 uh, first off. What is that uh, for uh, our listeners that uh, may not know what it is? So uh, there was a viral video. Um, there's a race down in Oregon. Um, it's, it's more of a fun run. Um, you buy a $500 car. You race 250 miles the first day and 250 miles the second day. Um, and it's more of a fun run. You know, your car can break down and you can buy another $500 car and get back in the race <laughs> so oh, really so if you can make through make it through with one vehicle it's only going to cost you five hundred dollars it's like a dollar a mile yeah pretty much <laughs> wow so you and, break down and then you can go buy another car or can you have a backup car um i i, I there's not really any set rules it's a fun run really oh that's and, cool do they make and sure that you that you only spent five hundred dollars is there any checking for that uh not that i know of yeah see somebody's going to come out there with a raptor <laughs> well, there's so there's a, a Pinziger. Is that is that how you say that Pinziger? The uh, is it German or Swiss troop carrier. Ah, it's okay. German. And then there's a, an ambulance and a fire truck that run it. Oh, I bet you that's fun. So so you can have that oddball vehicle. Yeah, I bet right. you that's fun for the. Now, is this something that is uh, televised, or there's an audience there in uh, that watch it, or or both? Not that I know of. They they released a video on Facebook this year, and it went viral a couple months ago, and it's exploded to. There's Gambler 500s um, popping up everywhere. Um, oh, so okay. this is down in Oregon. There's now in uh, Washington chapter, which is right next door to me because I'm uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. And then um, I saw one, I want to say it's in Minnesota. They have a, a list of all of them on their Facebook page. So what is the, uh, maybe you said, what, kind of, what, is, what terrain is it? Is it uh, uh, woody mostly, or? It's mostly forest service trails from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of mud. Um, us building a, a beetle, which is hilarious for what it is. Uh, we're, we're trying to lift it, keep it kind of mild, but wild at the same time sure gotta have fun right oh of course kind of like the cannonball run yeah that, that's that's a good example from what we've figured out of what it is so my co-host aaron and i are going to run it with a couple other buddies he's uh also we've also got a ford escort that aaron races uh he's done like some 24 hour runs and a 36 hour run i think it was is that single driver or do they swap out drivers uh, they swap out drivers. Good. I don't like seeing that 24 hours. He's got a team of like six guys, I think, that are on his team. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a, a, a good side hobby. Well, you know, uh, tell our listeners about uh, your podcast. Let's, so let's get into that, what you cover, uh, how often the show comes out, et cetera, et cetera. 
So we, we kind of cover everything in the off-road world, um, events, happenings. Um, we do news. Um, we kind of chit-chat about um, we've got tech tips that we've been trying to do. Uh, recently, we added Ben's Rant of the Week. Um, <laughs> lately, we'll have a news story that will pop up, or I'll just see something that aggravates me. Uh, being out on the trail, and there's a tree that someone didn't use a tree strap. So I'll have a, a minute-long rant about using a tree strap. Uh, this last week's episode, I ranted about, you know, letting a little air out of your tires when you go to the beach so you don't oh, yeah. get stuck. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So uh, now I'm assuming you're the only one with a Jeep. Everybody yes. else. Yeah. So how much grief do you get for, for having the Jeep? A lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because Aaron, um, he runs a Nissan Frontier, um, which is rare on its own. Um, to be out wheeling mm-hmm. and then um, our other host uses it as a suburban uh, like a early 90s suburban I think okay so and then we, we've had a couple guys that come on the show that are jeepers as well um, we've got a guy that runs a, a Chevy uh, it's like the metro I can't think oh, sidetrack okay. okay yeah yeah I know what you, I know which one you're talking about so yeah, the the Chevy Suburban was uh, a lot like the uh, the pickup that I had, uh, and as much as uh, well, uh, the the pickup I had was an '83 Chevrolet pickup. So I'm sure there were some changes between that and the early '90s, but uh, basically same same size vehicle, just uh, uh, more seating in the the Suburban. Uh, I remember going through East Texas probably in the early '80s and uh, seeing a uh, um, an '80s model, a probably '85 or so. Uh, suburban on 44s i just wanted that so bad you know it's it's not it's not anything you could go anywhere in at least off road unless it's mud or open uh, area because it's like a land yacht but uh being up that high and uh it certainly would get you uh, from point a to point b uh, uh as long as you'd have to go through tight trails which of course we know is the the great thing about the jeep being able to go through those tight trails and those tight places uh, also, too, having a, a lifted off-road vehicle and still be able to uh, park in the garage is nice because uh, you're not doing that with the Suburban, probably even if it's not lifted. Yeah, they're pretty tight, tight yeah. spots, especially the newer ones. They seem to be a little taller than the older ones. So tell me about the uh, firearms radio network. Uh, obviously, there must be some firearms involved. Are you required to own a firearm to be part of the network? No, it's, it's more of a <laughs> pro-Second Amendment network. Um, we've got Jake Challenge started it with Gun Guy Radio, um, and then there's uh, the AR-15 podcast, uh, Guns of Hollywood podcast is really cool. Oh, that bitch, that is um, fun. So they'll talk guns and related to movies. So uh, they're doing one here soon uh, for Shooter, which I, su- I suggested, uh, which is pretty cool to hear that you know, one of my suggestions mm-hmm. made it on the air. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's This Week in Guns, which... Uh, Falls like gun-related news. There's YouTubers that are on there. Um, oh my goodness! Oh, that's Sorry. all right. Brain farted. Um, the Gun Collective mm-hmm. is on there. Mm-hmm. Peter Palma, who was on Top Shot, um, used to be a, quite the regular. Um, he he's the guy that wore the outlandish outfits with like the American flag pants. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah. Yes, um, he's quite the hilarious fella. Um, Ebbs from House of Guns. Tons of interesting characters. It's always a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine there's a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters uh, on the uh, the Firearms Network. <laughs> uh, probably about none. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a joke, people. That's a joke. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's move this thing along. Ben will be joining us uh, in the rest of the show tonight. Uh, join uh, your your mic is live now, so feel free to jump in at any time. Uh, just try not to make any obscene gestures or noises. Oh man. <laughs> Let's get over to Wrangler Talk. (laughs) Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G Mama. Hey, folks. One of the hardest things as a Jeep owner was deciding which Jeeps to put on my Jeep. For me, it was first, put on my Jeep first. Um, For me, it was especially tough because I was so new to the Jeep world and Jeep modifications. 
My first big purchase was my front bumper. I spent hours researching for the right bumper for me. I asked my Jeep friends for their thoughts, and the comments kept coming back to recovery as one of the first modifications I should make. So I started my recovery kit, and then I decided on my front bumper. Now, the right bumper for me was a simple and easy install, plus a bumper with a purpose. And so I bought the Barricade Trailforce HD bumper. After the awesome feeling of attaching that bumper to my Jeep all by myself, with a little help from my husband's muscles, <laughs> um, I became empowered and addicted. So I started searching for my next Jeep part, and it ended up being my rock sliders. Now that, again, was a simple and easy install, just like I wanted it, and they were tough and durable, and they could be used like a step, and they looked amazing on my Jeep. But now I'm going to tell you how they have stood up after two years on the trails. And all I can say is the pictures on my blog post from yesterday and today say it all. And that's at www.jeepmama.com. They have taken a beating and they're still going strong. They do exactly as their title describes. They slide right across those rocks and they have protected my Jeep many, many times. And I actually love the sound of them sliding across the rocks because I know they're doing their job. So looking back, and this is kind of the point of my Wrangler talk for all you new stock Wrangler owners, looking back, those sliders would have been the first thing that I would have changed to my Jeep. They have protected my Jeep more than once, and they are unstoppable. And another tip for me, if you do have a stock Jeep with those plastic stock steps, if you go off-roading, rock crawling particularly, I would suggest you just remove them altogether because they can do more damage on then off at one point on the, the trail um, on one of my, I think it was my 201 class. I hit a rock wrong, pushed this, um, the sidestep up into my Jeep. Thankfully it wasn't too bad and we were able to pull it right off. Anyway, however, my new rock sliders have lots of scrapes and scratches and with old man winter breathing down our necks, well here on the Northeast coast anyway, it's time to winterize my Jeep. So for me, that means protecting my Jeep parts against the onslaught of salt. With all this dings and scratches and scrapes my Jeep has, that leaves those Jeep parts exposed to the ever-growing disease called rust. Those salt-soaked roads are like cancer for my Jeep's undercarriage and those scrapes on my slider. So I have started to sand, prime, and protect. This means removing the rust and protecting the barred steel. Now, I was getting ready to head out to the local hardware store to get some sanding tools because just sandpaper just wasn't enough, and I discovered a treasure trove in our garage that I didn't know we had. I am now taking ownership of a Dremel and a sanding tool. My whole finder's keeper rules goes into play there. So I have my work cut out for me. There was a ding on my front bumper, which became home to a growing rust monster, and my sliders are covered from with some deep gouges from the rocks. So I started to protect my Jeep. And plus I forgot to mention, there's tons of scrapes and dents on my um, gas tank skid. Stop bragging. So I'm starting, huh? Stop bragging. So I'm starting to um, protect my Jeep. And I just want to give you three quick tips. The first tip is to sand away the rust, get it down to the bare metal, then it's time for some rust-proofing measures. That is spray some Permatex rust treatment, let it dry for 24 hours, then finish up with some semi-flat black, black, not red, <laughs> black spray paint. I use Krylon Rust Touch spray paint. So anyway, if you guys have anything to add, you'd like to hear from you, you can contact me directly at jeeptalkform.com in the Wrangler Talk section. Ooh, red jeeps are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> tisk tisk tisk. So, do you have an audio drop? You don't have an audio drop for black jeeps, do you? No, I don't. Oh, well, but, there you go. But <laughs> Rob, the Tune Man, the cartoon drawing guy, uh-huh. he said red jeeps are not sexy. Yeah, well, he I think said Rob- black jeeps with purple accents are. You know, Rob, the tune man, is into exercise and does a lot of bike riding. 
And he may have fallen and hit his head one or two times, which would explain why. You always have a comeback. <laughs> well, that's 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 the charm of the show. <laughs> ben, what what color Jeep do you have? Red. Actually, it's baby blue right now. He says now because he's considering red. No, he's actually not. <laughs> going to OD green. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just uh, messing with Tammy. You can do it in whatever color you want. I have a red minivan. Uh, that's kind of a double-edged sword there. <laughs> <laughs> Is your Jeep a four-door? Uh, of course. There you go. Most of them are. <laughs> Is yours a two-door? Uh, I had a two-door JK. I've got a four-door uh, XJ right now. Right. Well, the two-door Cherokees uh, are, are somewhat rare, so I know a lot of yeah. people like them. They want an arm and a leg form around here. Yeah. Well, I think Cherokees Cher- in general. Yeah, I think Cherokees are getting a little harder to find. I'm sorry. Uh, where are you located? Uh, I'm just outside of the C- Seattle area. For those not f- familiar with it, it's called Tacoma. I'm outside of there. Gotcha. So beautiful area, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love it. I I would have a hard time moving anywhere else. Is that where you're from? Yes, I, I'm born and raised here. Yeah. I spent a little time down in California and <laughs> couldn't do it. Well, it's pretty commified up where you are too, isn't it? It, it, it has. I've, I've considered free free states, and Montana's the next best thing. I think. Yeah, it's hard to leave home, though. I, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm I'm just lucky to have uh, been born and uh, lived all my life in Texas. Uh, fortunately, Texas kind of uh, goes along with uh, my uh, my train of thought. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, it's only two counties here in Washington that don't go with mine. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, Tammy, I, I just remembered there was something I was going to warn you about. Uh, you said you procured a um, uh, that grinder. Uh, I'm just uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if it hasn't already happened. Here's here's what I want you to listen. Yeah, yeah here's what I want you to listen for whenever uh, your husband can't find that Dremel. Honey, have you seen my Dremel tool? And what's your response going to be? Honestly. Where was the last, just look the last place you put it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Until you hear the high-pitched whine and he's going to say, I hear it. It'd be like a dog hearing the high-pitched tone. He'll know He'll know the sound of the Dremel. Uh, so, yeah, well, anyway, I'm sure he'll be happy to let you. Uh, uh, Possession have. is nine-tenths of the law or what? what is that? <laughs> well, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, divorce means uh, you own 50% of uh, what everybody else owns. So, there right. you go. <laughs> becomes an argument just cut it in half exactly with the dremel tool that's uh, perfect might be better with a chop saw with that one though <laughs> where do you I listen know to what the that jeep is. talk show what are you talking about man where do you listen to the jeep talk show i got no idea what the heck where do you listen to the jeep talk show at get out of face yo hey where do you listen to the jeep talk show at underwater hey where do you listen to the jeep talk show at in the bubble bath where do you listen to the jeep talk show at no clue where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? We'd like to know. Give us a call at 530-675-4102 and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. doesn't have to be true. We would just prefer interesting. All right. Let's get over to some reviews. Love having reviews. Get back on the script. I was in the chat room. <laughs> we don't follow a script, Tammy. This is all. It just flows out of us naturally. Yeah. So I, I was just reading. Ted wrote, "Black Jeeps rock." So I'm gonna find something to play. <laughs> anyway, back to reviews from iTunes. Goran Blaxovich on September 11, 2016, writes, "Great." He gives us a five star rating. Great podcast, guys. I sometimes stockpile your show so I can listen to it underway. I operate nuclear reactors on board the USS George Washington aircraft carrier all at once. I bought my first Jeep, a yellow 08 JK, with a stick, of course, a few months ago. I like that your show is Jeep newbie friendly, but also packed with useful information for those that are relatively mechanically inclined. I come from a sports car muscle background, but I feel I'm a jeeper for life now. And sorry, Tony, red jeeps are not sexy. I think that was garbled. Uh, I think that was what you wanted him to say, and because no, no, we no. couldn't quite make out what he was saying there. 
<laughs> I have good hearing. I could make out what he said. <laughs> well, that's great. And I don't know. Uh, I, 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 for me personally, I was uh, really uh, appreciative of this review because it came in on September the 11th and it was made by one of our military members. Uh, I uh, The only thing I can add to this is, uh, Goran, have you considered taking a old retired uh, nuclear reactor and fitting it to a Jeep Cherokee <laughs> or even a JK? Uh, something that, you know, you know, I read about the, uh, the USS George Washington aircraft carrier after seeing this review. And do you know that on one set of uh, plutonium rods or whatever it is they put in there, they can cruise for 3,000 no, I'm sorry, 3 million miles. I think I that's read that correctly. Of, that's a lot of miles. I think I read that correctly. And at 35 uh, miles per hour. Well, so it's not fast, but it's, it, it's moving a lot of weight. <laughs> it's powerful. Yes, a lot of power moving all, that, uh, all those ships and people. It's a, it's a city, a floating city. And now it's time for some radio com tech. Another warrior is on the mesa. So I don't know how many of you uh, folks out there have antenna issues uh, on your, uh, you know, when you go to put a, a CB antenna on your Jeep and you have problems like a high, a high SWR and it's like, what the hell? It's, uh, there's really nothing to adjust on the antenna. It's a, it's a bracket that I bolted to the, the Jeep and I got coax running to the, the CB. Why, why do I have a, a three SWR or even higher? So one of the things that you can do is uh, hook up a dummy load. A dummy load? <laughs> What? You may have never heard of a dummy load. Some people refer to short antennas as dummy loads. I know I do, uh, but more on that on upcoming segments. A dummy load takes the place of an antenna. Uh, you can use it while working on your radio when you don't want to transmit on the air or for testing your antenna installation. Now, it may seem counterproductive to disconnect the antenna and hook up a dummy load in its place, but it allows you to test the coax to make sure that it's right, or even the connectors. You may, the coax itself may be fine, but there may be uh, an open uh, or a short in uh, where you have it, uh, where it's soldered in the connector. And this can happen uh, over time, uh, especially depending on how much you abuse the coax. Uh, you'll see a lot of this problems uh, on uh, like magnetic mount antennas that get put on and off and thrown in and, and thrown back, and something gets on the uh, the coax and it. Uh, 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 not really kinks it, but it presses it so that it changes the impedance value of the coax. Anyway, um, so say you've installed uh, a CB antenna on your Jeep. You, you uh, know how to check your SWRs, but you're seeing a very high SWR, 3 to 1, for example. You can disconnect the coax from the antenna, attach a dummy load to where the antenna was connected and uh, to the coax, and now check your SWRs you should see a one-to-one -one or very close SWR, very close to that SWR. If you don't, you know you have a problem with the coax. Very seldom is, is it the CB. In fact, I've never seen the problem be with the CB. So <clears throat> the dummy load will act as a perfect antenna as far as SWR measurements go. They can be uh, expensive even for a low-power one. $50 for a 5-watt, 50-ohm dummy load. To me, that's crazy. Build one yourself using a PL259 connector, a 5-watt, 50-ohm ceramic uh, resistor from Amazon, and a few minutes of your time to solder the resistor between the center pin uh, and the shield of the PL259 connector. And booyah! You got you a dummy load for less than $10. I think you could probably do it for around 5 uh, Now, when you're having uh, issues with your antenna installation, you can quickly whip out this dummy load, small enough to carry in your glove compartment because it's really only the size of the PL259 connector, uh, and uh, just pop it on the end of the coax and see if it's the coax or the antenna. Not sure about this magic? <laughs> well, found out more on jeeptalkforum.com. Just go to the Radiocom Tech section. So, Tammy, where did I go wrong on this? Does, uh, where did I lose you? Did I lose you? Did you follow that? Does it make any sense? You know, all that talk of Jibber -jabber? SWRs. Yeah, I, I have to see it. I'm a visual person. I have to see it to understand it. Well, that's one of the reasons why we started up the Jeep Talk Forum is so that we could have more time to explain things to people. And, and pictures. Also, yeah, and pictures. And also to uh, allows people to interact with us to say, what the hell are you talking about? I don't understand that. And 
the the show is so fast paced and and short in comparison. So uh, if you go over there to JeepTalkForum.com, brand new forum. Uh, it runs under the same rules that uh, we talk about for xjtalk.com or regulartalk.com, uh, primarily that everybody, everybody's respected. Uh, members respect each other. Moderators respect members. Uh, the owners respect everybody. <laughs> there are no dumb questions. There is no, uh, you know, you, let me search Google uh, for you on that. It, yeah, it, it's meant, annoying. Yeah, it's meant to help you. I, I've never, I, I know I always say this, I've never understood why anybody would put up a forum and discourage people from posting. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive, counterproductive. So, uh, yeah, jump over there, and uh, we will have some uh, some more information uh, upcoming uh, on the Jeep Forum, uh, jeeptalkforum.com. So, uh, Ben... Do you know anything about dummy loads? You do any CB stuff, any radio stuff on your uh, in your Jeep or any of your vehicles? The minivan for sure, right? Checking those uh, smoky reports uh, going down. <laughs> I, I've actually uh, started moving into the world of ham. Oh, good. Um, I, I've uh, I've got a buddy who owns a uh, commercial band. Uh huh. So we use that a lot. Um, we've still got CBs, and some of the guys run them. I haven't been out lately working on the Cherokee, mm-hmm. but uh, I've lately just been running the ham on the commercial band, working on getting my license. So uh, in ham radio, uh, dummy loads are used and actually encouraged. Oh, yeah. they're uh, used a lot. Encouraged a lot because, uh, well, especially if you're trying to tune your uh, one kilowatt amplifier, you generally don't want to be doing that uh, on 20 meters or 40 meters or wherever it is you're working on it. Uh, but the, interestingly enough, you can have uh, QSOs, uh, I'm sorry, conversations, QSO being the, uh, the Q code uh, for converse, uh, radio communication. Uh, you can have QSOs uh, with somebody on a dummy load running a kilowatt because you actually transmit quite a ways <laughs> with a, a kilowatt into a dummy load. Uh, now, yeah. I never had a kilowatt amplifier, but I did have a, a Heathkit uh, dummy load that was good to... 1500 watts i believe and it basically was a big paint can full of mineral oil oil i say that right mineral oil and uh a, a basically a big ass resistor in there 50 ohm resistor so the uh, resistor would heat up the mineral oil and it allowed the dis, dis, uh, dissipation of that heat uh, that gets generated from that big amplifier so uh, unfortunately, I don't have that any longer. I figured with the internet, who needs a ham radio? And then I came to my senses a, a few years later. <laughs> but well, all that stuff's well, gone now. Well, if you ever need to go make a new one, just go shoot a transformer. They've got plenty of mineral oil inside of them. Yeah, that was a hard <laughs> thing to find. I was—I think I actually had to go to a pharmacy uh, to get that, and it wasn't cheap, especially when you're looking at a gallon of it. Yeah, it's quite expensive still. I uh, work in a grocery store for my day job, and. I see it sell every now and then, and it's it's expensive. I didn't realize they had them at uh, at grocery stores. Now this was a long time ago. I actually got my uh, ham license when I was uh, sixteen, and uh, built uh, my radio. I got a. Were you familiar with Heathkit at all? No, I'm 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 on the cheap end of a. Uh, what's the new popular cheapo radio? Is a Boa fan? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't want to take too uh, too much of a turn here, but it is the radio contact segment. Uh, I read today that there is a that Biofing is coming out with a new digital mode radio. Oh wow! For sixty nine ninety five. Yeah, they, is, they, they is that a good deal? To, well, um, uh, ICOM has their own proprietary digital uh, compression thing that they use. I forget what that's Daystar or something like that. And uh, they want about six hundred dollars for their handy talkie, little bit walkie talkie. Wow. And then uh, Yezu has their own proprietary compression thing for digital radio, and uh, they, they want about the same price. So when this cheap Chinese manufacturer comes out and says, hey, we're going to do digital radio, open source uh, uh, digital uh, that anybody can use, and we're going to sell it to you for an introductory price of 70 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a that's kind of a big deal. Now I know uh, a friend of the show, John, and also to Radio Contact uh, uh, contributor uh, Pre Runner nineteen eighty two says he's not quite sure that this is real. It may be something that uh, people are talking about, but uh, if you go over to the Baofeng website, 
uh, that radio is not listed. Now, it's not supposed to come out until December, I'm sorry, September 26th, which is really just around the corner because uh, the, as we're recording today, it's uh, September 15th. So we should see pretty soon. But uh, for 70 bucks, hell, I'll buy a digital radio. Yeah, I will too. I mean, it's nice being able to afford a ham radio at 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, considering uh, regular hand units around 99, yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, don't sell yourself short whenever you do get that ham radio license. Make sure that you go ahead and invest in a mobile radio. Uh, you'll want at least 25 watts, uh, and uh, 50 watts would be uh, really handy. You don't have to run the 50 watts, but it's nice to have it there so that if you're on the uh, fringes of the repeater, uh, you can uh, press the press the go button and uh, hit the repeater uh, full quieting. Yeah, I've seen it come in handy on the trail. I've uh, We had a guy who... Uh, his rear diff went along with its brakes and he rolled and we had to call a helo in. So my wow. goodness. Yeah. Uh, ham radio, the, especially the two meter four forty stuff is so nice cause it's FM, uh, a squelch that actually works because, uh, <laughs> you don't have all that, uh, heterodyning mess that you have on, uh, AM, uh, uh, band, uh, AM modes like uh, CB is, uh, used for. All right. Well, look, I could talk about ham radio all night, but uh, we better move this along. Yeah, and this is something we all look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I'm on my way to PetSmart to get a new chew toy for uh, Sir Craps a lot. Apparently, somebody, <laughs> calm down, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Apparently somebody uh, chewed up a pair of Wendy's shoes, and uh, she needs something to compare the teeth marks with. And I told you, I drive there, you drive back. That's the deal. <laughs> and uh, so as we're driving down the road, Sir Crapslot brings it to my attention that uh, if 7-Eleven is open 24 hours a day, why is there locks on the door? I know it's a conundrum. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Hell, I'd go with why is it called 7-Eleven? <laughs> it's open at 7, closes at 11. That's what I would thought. A long time ago, it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love 7-Eleven and uh, introdu- it introduced me to Slurpees. You know yeah, which I just had my first Slurpee That's right. Year. That's right. And I can't remember, was it a uh, cherry, a red one, or a brown one? It was a cherry. Is it cherry? Because I remember I strawberry. I not like it. Yeah. No. Oh, it's good. How can you not have ever had a I Slurpee? I know. I know. Are you American? Just, yeah, I know. I just, you just saw my son when he's, because I made a 50 before 50 list. And that was one of the things on there. And my son was like, what? You've never had a Slurpee? We're going right now. And he, <laughs> he made me good try boy. it. I couldn't even use the machine. My 10-year-old just showed me how to use the machine. Oh, see, last time I had a Slurpee, they made it for me. They didn't let you work at the machine. Oh, yeah. they At the 7-Elevens here, you can make your own Slurpees. So I don't know about where you guys are. Now, Tammy is uh, over in Maryland. I'm down here in Texas. Uh, I don't know about you guys. If you go to the movies, do they let you butter your own popcorn? Yes, we have yep. to. They don't butter it for us. That's so strange. It's, Which I hate because you can't <laughs> layer the butter. Uh, well, I, they have extra butter for us here. I just, I just think it's extra insane. Butter? How do you do that? Uh, the, so they'll butter it, and then they have like a side butter area that oh. has flavored butters as well. Oh, flavored right. butters. So, so like a garlic butter, if you're into right. the whole garlic scene. Oh my yeah, it's, goodness! It's, uh, fancy. Uh, you, yep, fancy Seattle. I just want to go over there and uh, get somebody to do a YouTube video where I'm just laying with my head uh, on, on <laughs> laying down and letting the butter run into my mouth. <laughs> yeah, my 10-year-old, what he does is he found this YouTube trick, um, this trick on YouTube, where you take a straw and shove it down in the, um, the popcorn, and then you put the straw up to the butter dispenser, and it pours the butter down oh, into Oh, that's popcorn. smart. And you know, it just dawned on me. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we better. <laughs> so, Moving right along. So we better move along before we start getting those crank calls again. So, uh, uh, oh, by the way, since Josh isn't with us tonight, we'd like for you to do uh, Josh's uh, Amazon You Bought What, if you don't mind, Ben. It's right there on sure. the show notes. So uh, we're going to uh, just uh, 
jump over into Amazon, you bought what, and uh, Tammy and I'll go, and then you just read Josh's. You, you'll hear how it's done from what we do it. Gotcha. Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk Show present You Bought What? what? All right. Well, I know some of you people have heard this a number of times, so I'll be brief. Uh, the Amazon You Bought Why is basically what you guys bought by first going to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Now, when you do that, you go over, uh, it takes you straight over to Amazon. And anything you buy, the Jeep Talk Show gets a little something something for each purchase. doesn't cost you think anything more than what you were already paying uh, the, the advertisers, the Amazon, the, the third party advertisers, uh, our vendors, they, they're the ones that pay. So if you'd like to help support the Jeep talk show, just go to, uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, uh, before making any of your purchases. Tammy, what's our first item on the list tonight? Well, the first time is from the automotive department. It's the BG 44 K fuel system cleaner at 2299 plus free shipping rapidly cleans fuel injectors, valves, and combustion chambers. One 11-ounce can treats up to 20 gallons of gasoline. The choice of automotive professionals for over 40 years for gasoline engines only. Now, with 20% less <laughs> cotton candy flavoring. Hey, and remember, you can purchase this item first by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. So whoever that was that listens to the Jeep Talk Show and remembered us to uh, go over to Amazon first or jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first, and bought this, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. All right, so what we have here is 100 pieces, full insulated nylon female crimp connectors. Uh-oh, somebody's doing something electronic. Brand new and high quality, dur durable female fully insulated nylon quick disconnects. Top of the line with electro tin plated copper cores to prevent cor corrosion and engineering to hold strong crimps. Color blue does not mean raspberry flavored. Oh, I thought raspberries were red. Pack of 100. So this sounds like some great things to work on your Jeep, you know, when you're hooking up uh, off-road lights or, or what, I guess really what anything you wanted to do. Uh, and remember, you can purchase this item by first going to jeepdogshow.com slash Amazon. So uh, what we got here is the AME, oh, it's in the automotive section, the AME 2820272 dry, dry flow air filter. For thirty-one ninety-nine, I actually had, I believe it was actually AME as well. Um, it's uh, air, it's kind of like an oilless Canon air filter. Okay. Uh, for my Jeep JK when I had it, and they're designed to increase horsepower and throttle response. They're cleanable and guaranteed for life, and captures ninety-nine percent of harmful contaminants. Huh and uh, outstanding performance even in dusty racing conditions and it's manufactured in the usa and again don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon so uh, that is our amazon you bought what for tonight we appreciate you guys thinking of us before you buying an amazon we just found out what you bought oh my god i just can't believe that made it on the list Hey, folks, um, we ask you if you could take a quick moment and take our survey. Um, just hop over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey, and it's really short. We would appreciate it. Thank you. Remember to answer male or female to the sex question. You don't look like Josh. Mm -hmm. Ben doesn't know what's going on. This is our campfire side ch uh, chat segment, Ben, and right. we uh, we help uh, bring the audience into the campfire with all these uh, background noises and pulling up in a jeep. Nice or black jeep. <laughs> well, at night they all look black, right? Unless so you've got a light bar like, to light it up. That's right. The yeah, hood, the hood, nice go. and bright. So, oh, you know what? Before we get too down, uh, too far down the uh, the rabbit hole here, Tammy, I was thinking about something the other day. Uh, you know, your uh, off road lights were on the other day, and you found that you had a bad relay, which mm -hmm. was causing them to come on. And uh, I, I think I was actually listening to the past episode uh, one day while going to work, and I, it dawned on me: I think you got that thing hooked up backwards. If the relay goes bad, it shouldn't power on. And if it doesn't power on, your lights should be off. You can hook up the relay where it's normally on, 
or normally, or I should say, normally closed or normally open. There's two. There's two connectors or two little tabs on there. If it's wired where it has to have power for the lights to be off, then the relay has to be powered and is always pulling electricity when your lights are in the off position. If you hook it to the other tab that is uh, normally open, I'm probably saying this wrong. It, it, you should have it, uh, it sounds like you had it hooked to the normally closed. Hmm. No, it sounds like you had it hooked to the normally open and then you have to apply power for it to turn off. You see what I'm saying? There's, yep. there's, there's like uh, three, four, five connectors on there. And one, you get power whenever the relay is not energized, and one, you get power when it is energized. So if okay. the relay, I don't think the relay would go bad in the on position. I think if it goes bad, it turns off. But see, the thing is, my lights were never on. Yeah, I know. The re, but the but if the relay, uh, if it's hooked up backwards, if you were, or I say backwards, it's not really backwards. If it's hooked up so that uh, the lights get power whenever the relay is not energized, then that means when the relay was off, the lights would come on. If you use the other little tab, then you have to turn the relay on for power okay. to get to the lights. Anyway, I thought I'd check that. I'll have to go look at it to see. Yeah, double check that because yeah. and, and the standard automotive relays uh, are labeled uh, on the bottoms of them with like 84A and stuff like that. Just make sure right. that you're on the, the, the right one. Just double check that because if, if I'm right, that means you're pulling power all the time. And it could mean that you're going to drain your battery if, right, if it sits right. very long. Well, I know the little on-off button. There's a light that it's red or it's green. And it lights. it's always lit up, either red or green. Yeah. Well, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a big deal. You, I think you can do <clears throat> 40 milliamps continuous from a battery and, uh, right. and, and still be okay. I don't quote me on that, but I think it's 40 milliamps that you can draw off of uh, a vehicle and it doesn't... Uh, it, you know, it'll drain it eventually, but it's uh, like if you drive it once a week, it should be enough to, to keep it up. I may be wrong on the relay, but I just couldn't uh, couldn't imagine a, ba a bad relay causing it to stay energized all the time. Um, it's possible, but I don't think so. I think it's hooked up backwards. Yeah, that's the only thing that I switched. Anyway, what's going on with you, Tammy? Um, Just sanding and using my Dremel. Um, Still? Trying to hook up. Pardon? That's still, that's a 15-minute job. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. You should see both both rock sliders, my front bumper. I haven't even hit the um, the gas tank skid. Is there any reason um, to do that? I mean, isn't just slap some uh, rust uh, per 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 uh, converter on there and paint it black? I'm sure I could just do that, but it's my OCD Okay. Well, do it right the first time, not the second yeah, time, right? My OCD coming in, yeah. Um, and the salt here, they're just ridiculous at how much salt they put on the roads in the wintertime. The threat of snow. The salt trucks are out there putting snow, um, salt on the roads. Well, they probably catch so much political flack if they don't. Oh, yeah. Well, people here, which I'm sure is anywhere, when it rains, snows, any kind of precipitation, they freak out driving. So um, <laughs> It's anywhere. I'm trying to um, hook up with either CPO or my friend's husband works at a um, an auto body shop, so I can go someplace where someone has some experience, so I can put my diff covers on before I go off roading in October. Which, by the way, I am a sponsor, one of the sponsors of um the women's wheeling event at roush creek i'm donating a raffle prize something purple uh, something purple <laughs> something purple something that ha that helps you purple when you're topless uh, you know that you know what that means that you you're going topless during the winter if it, well i guess that would be blue and not purple yeah there you go. <laughs> but it might turn purple after a while that's true yeah you know, yes. you know, Tammy actually does go topless uh, during the winter time. She's got her coat on, heater blasting, and driving down the road with the top off. Do you have one of those nice jackets that plugs into your heater vent? Oh. No, I want to get one of those so bad. I've got a buddy that's got one, and him and his wife are driving around, and I, I was just cracking up. I'm like, the heater's good enough. Right. 
No, that. I mean, it's Washington. It doesn't get that cold here. Right. Sometimes I put my my hands, like pull my sleeves, and I put my hands onto the vents, and you can feel it blowing down into your coat. But then you have to put your hands on the steering wheel, so you don't. The the Rubicon didn't come with a heated steering wheel. No. He, um, does it have heated seats? I was, I was going to my next yeah, question. Yeah, I have heated seats. Well, of course you do. Yeah. Because that's what a real Jeep is. Yes. <laughs> Straight up luxury there. It is. It is. I, I didn't ask for the heated seats. It just came with them. Yeah, I don't know if you realize this or not. I like give Tammy a hard time, but uh, between the three of us, she goes wheeling a lot more than uh, Josh and I do. Uh, so uh, I, I, can't, I can't give her too hard a time, but she's out there wheeling in luxury. Yes. Yeah, I, I, get, I get to go out wheeling for the second time in three months this weekend. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where uh, are you going? Uh, we're going to Tahuya Off-Road Park. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a national of... forest park. Oh, okay. What are the trails like there? Oh, they're mild as could be for an off-road park around here. Uh-huh. It's a, a listener ride that we're doing. So. We went from a, a decently hard trail to now we're doing something really mild to try and get a larger group. Well, that was going to be my question. When you say uh, listener ride, so you're trying to get a, a group of listeners out there to uh, go off-road with you? Yeah, we've, we've got uh, about 15 people signed up this time. Wow. We had, we had four people show up. To, we had four four rigs our last run, so... Yeah, I, I love the idea of doing that. We had, uh, well, I say we for the the the, the Cherokee site xjtalk.com. We used to do uh, at least in the Houston area uh, meetups, and we would go to a local Sonic, and uh, people would come down from uh, just north of Houston, people inside of Houston, and it was fun. I think we did that uh, like the first Saturday of the month, and uh, it was it was fun until only two of us were showing up. <laughs> there was two jeeps out there, and we said, eh you know, I don't think we need to be doing this any longer. So it always, I always thought it was, it was great, especially when you get to see other Jeeps uh, and uh, compare notes and stuff. Uh, And it it makes it a little more fun. I think than uh, I mean, off road certainly is, is a lot of fun, but when you get to stand there and uh, eat some stuff from Sonic and which you guys are probably not familiar with Sonic, it's a hamburger place, like a a drive in. I've got one right by my house. Okay, good. I've gained 20 pounds because of it. Oh, uh, chili cheese fries. Mm. Uh, it's corn dogs because of my children. <laughs> oh, blame them. Yeah. Corn dogs and slushes. Is it like, are you going to finish that corn dog? Cause it looks good to me. <laughs> it, it, no, it's, they don't finish it. I'm like, I'm not wasting that. Oh, of course. No, you can't waste money. It's better to uh, waste it at the gym. Or, or, it can or, be Jeep parts. Or, yes. <laughs> Well, I don't really have uh, have anything to add uh, other than uh, looking forward to uh, uh, hopefully getting out to the Guadalupe National Park and seeing some 8,500-foot mountains. If you guys are uh, uh, not familiar with uh, what I got planned, go over to uh, Jeep Talk Forum and uh, just look for uh, Guadalupe National Park. Uh, it's uh, I'm hoping to drive uh, 635 miles uh, from the Houston area up to uh, the uh, Texas-New Mexico border and uh, visit a, uh, a, a ranch, that's uh, this ranch house that's built out in the middle of, the no- of nowhere. There is a trail that requires a lifted vehicle uh, that takes you to this uh, ranch house. It is uh, like seven miles long, and uh, it, it, apparently it's so well known that uh, the Google vehicle actually drove it. So you can go over to Google Maps and actually travel the entire trail to the, uh, to the ranch house. And it just the the trail terminates at the house. It's basically a driveway, but it's uh, it's no slouch as far as uh, getting uh, getting from the highway to the the ranch house. So looking forward to that. Uh, looking for people to uh, join up on that uh, that run out there. Whether I mean this is far enough. Uh, like I said, six hundred thirty five miles that 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 gets you uh, just outside of Texas. Uh, <laughs> so that's a long ways, but it makes you close to New Mexico, uh, uh, Colorado. Um, Gosh, Oklahoma. So, any of you folks in that area would like to come down? I mean, you can you can fly in from uh, uh, anywhere you like, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, being realistic about it, thought it might be fun to get a meetup out there, do a little video, a little audio recording, and uh, have some fun going on uh, going down the trail. So, uh, Ben, I don't know. You're probably picking up on what we do here. We're just kind of talking about what things are going on. Just kind of uh, free talk here. You got anything you'd like to add? Maybe some more information on the show. Um, we, we record once a week. Uh, um, 
Yeah, Where can we, fo- can we follow yeah, you on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff? Oh, well, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash offroadpodcast um, or on Instagram at uh, offroadpodcast. Or if you want to look at me personally, um, I'm in, it's in my Jeep in, I-N-G-E-E-I-N, I think. I forgot J-E-P, the mind. right? It could be G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Spell some it. weird things, uh, some weird uh, things that people go with, especially when you're trying to look up uh, domain names. Everybody it seems like everybody's bought everything. Right. Yeah, trying to be unique is hard to do on the internet nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it is. All about unique. Um, so uh, how many episodes do you guys have out uh, uh, now, Ben? Um, we just put out episode 110 this week. Ah, okay. So you got a, a nice mature podcast going there. Yeah, we're the uh, third set of hosts on the show. Um, we started out with uh, Greg, Greg and Jeff Bakken, who now do the High Sierra podcast. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was another guy who I always forget his name. Um, he was out of Southern California, and then he left, and I suggested a, an idea to the show to Jake Challen. And he's like, well, why don't you come on and try it? And, uh, I got suckered into doing it. So <laughs> a, year, a year later, I'm having fun uh, changing up the show bit by bit. You know, trying to find that target audience and enjoy the crowd. So, yeah, definitely big change for me. I being dyslexic. Yeah, it's a lot of fun uh, interacting with the folks out there. It still amazes me that uh, somebody will spend the time to actually listen to what we have to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they you know specifically go download this and listen to this, these knuckleheads talk about. About Jeeps, it just it boggles my mind. But I'm happy. I, I, it gives me an, uh, an ability to uh, talk about the things I love to talk about, which are Jeeps. Yeah, every time I get feedback, it's okay. That, I'm going to keep on doing this. I can't quit yeah. now. Someone's relying upon me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just hoping I'm giving the right advice. So yeah. I, I always ask people to call me out if I do say something wrong. Same here. Same here. We always like to know, and uh, we'll be happy to correct it. Um, and, uh, that's one of the reasons why I do the red Jeep crusade because all Jeeps want to be red. <laughs> no, they don't. You're I'm crazy. Sure they want to be black. You can't see black. Black is an absence of color, right? Tammy, we, we've learned this, haven't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Black, black of imagination. Look better though. <laughs> black, black Jeeps are badass. I think black Jeeps make tires look bad because you think tires are black until you have something black. that's that's blacker. Now, well, now You've I was have th- different shades of black though. Well, I was just going to say uh, on a, another podcast that Josh and I were doing, we were reporting about this stuff called Vanta Black. It is so black it absorbs all light, or at least ninety nine point nine percent of any light that strikes it. Now Isn't I would the stuff where the water bounces off of it too. I, I, it may be hydro uh, uh, hydrothermic, not hydrothermic hydro things that are scared of water. Um, but anyway, uh, it very well could be, but it, it was, uh, now see, that would be really cool, but I think it'd be really dangerous because it would look like this, this absent, this black hole that's in the shape of a Jeep driving around. <laughs> but that kind of I'm black. I'm going to eat you Prius. <laughs> yeah, that kind of black I could, uh, I could get by and I think that'd be a lot, a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's get over to wheeling where I guess I can read the wheeling where segment here. <clears throat> So let's see, we have, uh, this is where we talk about the events coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. So we're going to talk to you about Christian Crawler's 4x4 Club, uh, Rock of the Ozarks. Now this is coming up really soon. This is uh, September 22nd through 25th, and it's going to be in the Southern Missouri Off-Road Ranch. Uh, S'more, I mean, ooh, s'mores, that just sounds good. That's S-M-O-R-R in Seymour, Missouri. For more information, go to christiancrawlers4x4.org. Uh, okay, <clears throat> this is not a wheeling event, and it's for our podcast listeners. This event will uh, have uh, already happened by the time you hear this, but we wanted all our Jeeper brethren to be aware of this rare event. You may uh, or may not uh, happen, uh, this may or may not happen again. It's the largest gathering of forward-controlled Jeeps ever. A gathering of some of the rarest fire trucks, records, uh, records, crew cabs, military variations, panel vans, and more. All vintage Jeeps. A lot of these ultra-rare Jeeps are all owned by the same guy and being shipped from California to Illinois just for this event. So the Ford Control FC Jeep Gathering is September 17th and 18th, 
So if you're listening to this live, you can get to this. Uh, I think it'll be too late if you're uh, listening to the recording. It's going to be in, uh, this is at Martingo, M-A-R-E-N-G-O, Illinois. So for more information, go to www.ewillies.com and look for Dan's Jeep FC Military M Series. I've always wanted a, a Jeep FC. Yeah, I think, so I, I think cool. they're really cool, uh, especially the the new one, uh, the the um, what do you call those vehicles they come out with uh, that they're not they'll never make the uh, concept vehicles. Concept, yes. So the the, the love that forward control uh, concept vehicle they came out with, it was a little more modernized, looked less fifties with the grill and everything. So guys, this is uh, the the Jeep Talk Show is is also an audio podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is available in audio only format as well. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tune in Google Play or Stitcher and never miss an episode. And yes, we are on iHeartRadio now. Speaking of subscribing, you can now subscribe with your money. Oh, joy. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to our JeepTalkShow.com website and look for the orange button that says subscribe. You can select 25 cents a week up to $1. Your account will be charged weekly. Cancel at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. And did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work, but we want listeners to get to the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we recommend that all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit subscribe button, and never miss a great, funny, informative podcast again. Hey guys, uh, don't forget about our YouTube channel. You know, uh, we recently started blasting out uh, the uh, audio-only version of our podcast on YouTube, and we lost about 20 subscribers. Well, I'm happy to say they're back, or at least somebody's filled in the void, so we're back up to that same number that we lost. Uh, But you can subscribe by going over to youtube.com slash jeeptalkshow. And, uh, you know, every time we get another 100 subscribers, we get what, Tammy? A cookie. Do you like cookies? Or are you anti-cookie? Uh, not really. Popcorn. Cookies are now, great. If we get popcorn's better. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder why nobody's made a cookie, uh, a popcorn cookie. So join the te- Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be uh, part of the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. Send email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. Hey, that's it for this week, folks. Wherever you're wheeling, if you're packing in, pack it out. Let's leave the outdoor recreation sport as in good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly, stay on the designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread tread lightly principles and how you can keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. Nine times. Nine times. So, Ben, where can people find uh, find you again? I'm on the Firearms Radio Network on the Off-Road Podcast, firearmsradio.tv slash the-off-road-podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and dashes it, seemed to be a good idea at the time. <laughs> yes, it did. It's, it's, it's better when it's in front of me. Um, or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash offroadpodcast or on Instagram at offroadpodcast. And Tammy, and our shows weekly. Oh, cool! And Tammy, uh, I know you want to let people know where to find you. Yeah, you guys know where to find me at www.jeepmama.com. All right, guys, you guys have a great Jeep week. Ben, thank you very much for making time to uh, come here, and I'm sure it was a bit of a culture shock uh, coming in. And uh, but I, I'm hoping it was a little fun to sitting back and uh, being a, a guest and not having to work all the controls and. Uh, Not being in charge is nice. Yeah, worrying about the editing later. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I I don't envy anyone who does it. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. We appreciate it.